Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here as always. We're here to talk about Manchester City to Aston Villa nil, um, or I guess you could say John Moss to Aston Villa nil. Um, I'm, I'm going to go straight to Danny and throw it to him first. Uh, of course, we have Neil on, um, of course, as usual. Uh, good to have him back and we'll pan to him in a minute. But Danny, how you feeling? Because uh, I'm feeling about a million different ways right now. I never feel angry after football matches. Very, very rarely do I feel angry after football matches. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> I am the P word. <laughs> I'm not happy um, because um, I don't know what the rules of football are anymore. And I just feel as though Villa have been absolutely screwed after. Okay. No, that's, I mean, screwed is a wrong word because I don't think, I don't think it's the intention of the referee, obviously to, to to screw Villa or whatever it is. But I think Villa have been on the wrong end of another bad decision um, due to, you know, you know which decision I'm talking about. Mings being pressed from a uh, striker who's offside. And Villa obviously go on to lose 2-0, but that's, just, that's besides the point. After defending so well for 79 minutes, after three days of training, that's all you get. You put in the performance, um, the best possible performance that you can expect from them. And to lose like that, to go behind like that due to that kind of an error, just I can understand why Dean Smith's annoyed enough to eventually get himself sent off. It's yeah. it's awful, awful. That's how yeah. I feel today anyway. No, I, I totally what agree, is. but I'll, I'll pass it right over to Neil. Neil, how are you feeling? I'm disconsolate, to be honest with you. It's been 18 days since we had a, VA, a contentious VAR decision against Manchester United also. Yes, a, a better decision than, than tonight's. One, I'm sure that the, the, it was equally justifiable when you look into rule 17.1.5, subsection A, paragraph D, or whatever the hell they're going to quote here. Um, but it's just like, I, I just, I've literally just sent a message to, to one of my mates who isn't a Villa fan. And I've, it was a pity party. And I'm not going to say it wasn't. It was a pity party for myself. And I was saying that like when Villa go out and they beat, he's, he's actually a Liverpool fan. When Villa went out and beat Liverpool 7-2, when Villa beat Arsenal 3-0, when Villa be, beat Leicester 1-0, they had to really earn those games. You know, I can't, I can't, there's no um, justification or there's no kind of VAR decision that comes to my mind that, that really kind of handed Villa uh, an opportunity of a goal or, or gave them an opportunity to take the lead in those games. Now, I could be 100% wrong. But there's been countless times this year where we haven't gotten that opportunity. Our other teams have. Manchester United with Pogba recently. Um, this game, uh, and the first goal changes games. It really does. It always does. Uh, it's just it's just as frustrating. And as I say, I'm here. I'm having a little pity party for myself. And I always seem to come on to this podcast whenever I want to have a nice rant about VAR. So I'm, I'm actually not going to rant about VAR. I just want... 
I really want the Premier League just to get it right, as I say. And it's just it's just not right. It's it's just not. The fact that you can have Peter Walton in the studio, the fact that you can have three guys in the studio, they bring up an ambiguous rule, which is there to be con- contradicted with other rules within the rule book. And they don't take any time to, realistically, don't take any time to, to um, I suppose, have a conflab over the decision within VAR. They, be, they immediately call it a goal and... Look, we are where we are. Even the handball, even the handball was, but what it was a handball. What can you do in that instance? Like, what can you do? As Danny said, the rules of football just aren't, they aren't clear. They aren't obvious to use that uh, amazing phrase that we keep on getting thrown in our faces the whole time with regards to VAR. But but the rules aren't clear and obvious, never mind VAR. And ho-hum, we just move on towards Newcastle. We can do it first. Yeah, go ahead, Just a perspective though, yeah. Look, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know why the Villa players were complaining, you know, when that happened. I, I actually didn't, right? Does that make me? Does that make me bad at, no, at football knowledge? I don't know, but you know, all this confusion, no. the fact that immediate, um, immediately calling it a goal and everything, and even the guys in the studio were, were like, you know, this isn't this this isn't something unique to anybody. It's not bad punditry or whatever, right? I think no. people were just contra- contradicting each other because, you know what? Nobody knows the rules. No, <laughs> one knows the rules, but the defenders did. No. You know, that's that's why. Mings is going to be, you know, angry. That's why Villa are angry because, as Dean Smith said in his post-match, um, in his post-match interview, what are we to do? Are we just going to have our strikers hanging behind the line all the time now? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? No. Yeah. Ali Watkins, why? Why come show in front of the player? Why not? Why not hang behind him? Why don't we lob balls up into the air and hope that they try and take it down? Don't pressure them. Let them take it down when they do come from an offside position, and then just nick the ball off them. Yeah, see how many times we get caught for offside. Let's just get rid yeah, of Liverpool offside. would have a field day. <laughs> Liverpool would have a field day, and just on this discourse about okay. penalties as well, Neil. Right? That you know, you know the discussion. One of the best discussions, one of the biggest discussions right now around the title race between Liverpool and Manchester United. It's around who's getting the most penalties. You don't see that day to day from the mid table sides, dude. <laughs> like, it's well, not it's, something and you it should be talked about. It shouldn't be a situation where boy, it's going to be called about. Like even now, we're in third week in January and, and people are talking about it, it, it potentially could decide the Premier League, the destination of the Premier League trophy. Like, does anybody really want the, the how many penalties the team gets in the, in the year to, to justify that? It's now part of the game. You know, I've often gone in, I, I put wagers on games, I bet on matches uh, from time to time. Don't do it all the time, every so often. I've bet three times this year on Man United getting over one penalty in a game because it's it, like it's going to happen. It's going to happen more like like a couple of times, but that would never have happened in the 90s. It would never have happened in the early 2000s. It would never have happened five years ago where a team would be given two penalties um, multiple times in the year. It's it's just it's it's just one of these things. The game is completely new. It's completely different. And I feel like I'm an old man on my porch roaring, you know, at clouds at the moment, like that episode of The Simpsons. You know, I feel like I'm going insane trying to watch a game that I've watched all my life and I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one because <laughs> like my my commentary team for this, uh, for, oh, I shouldn't say in the match, but like outside in the uh, panel they had was Michael Owen and Owen Hargreaves. Actually, to be fair, I actually really like Owen Hargreaves and he actually talks a lot of sense. Michael Owen, on the other hand, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. It even left him stumbled and that man always tries to say something to be relevant. 
and they had uh, they brought on a referee i can't remember which ex-referee it was and he's trying to make an excuse saying it's ifab or whatever it's called and you can tell he's just kind of jumbling along basically you can tell with his body language like he doesn't even agree with it and it, it got to a point where i find myself agreeing with michael owen which is very rare and basically what he said is so do defenders now have to think of I think it's called IFAB. I'll just say IFAB and think, okay, in these situations now, I can't touch the ball. I have to wait until he's back onside. Like, you're just adding another element to the game that's making it just even more ridiculous. Like, football is a simple game. It's supposed to be a game accessible for everybody. And we're making it into this absolute shit show. Pardon my language, but there's going to be probably a few swear words this episode made from me and Neil. Uh, Danny's going to be a good boy, as he already told us. But uh, like uh, at this point, I don't want to make this whole podcast about 11 minutes of what went wrong for Villa, because to be honest, guys, and we'll switch to this right now, actually, there were 78 odd minutes where we did superbly. Of course there was a bit of luck, but to be fair to what or to be fair to Man City too, they had a bit of luck defensively too. We could have capitalized as well. It was open for either team. And Danny, I'll come back to you. I I think for those 78 minutes or so, we have to be really proud of how this team performed. Oh yeah, defending was brilliant. I think I immediately said that Target had a great game. Um just, just brilliant. I think Matty Cash probably struggled with folding a bit, but to be fair to him. You know, Foden, just brilliant, brilliant young player, honestly. Um, and also he was a, he was only aiming to kind of whip it in with his left, which, you know, Cash kind of, he does well against, he, he does well against players who are, who are trying to cut inside. Uh, but besides that, I think Mings was doing very, very well. Um, I did, did, I did think that he had, he had one of his little slips later on, but, you know, I, I'm going to let him off for what happened, um, you know, in, in, in terms of, in terms of that goal, because I, because I don't believe it was legitimate. Um but yeah, I think just also, I think when it came down to it, I was, I was looking at this game and thinking, you know what, City, as many shots as they've had, as many corners as they've, as they've had, have they really, you know, outdone Villa that much when it comes to clear-cut chances? Because Villa had a lot of clear-cut chances. You know, there, there was there was times when Barkley should have maybe made a better pass, but the match sharpness was lacking. You know, there was good opportunity for, for, for Jacob Ramsey, uh, McGinn, Traore, all had opportunities. So City were just as lucky to um, to escape really by that point without without a, a goal um, being considered. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think one thing we can touch on, and Ross Barkley comes back into this game, which thank God we finally see, and we know he is still alive. I think that's a very good thing to see. And right from the bat, Neil, you could kind of tell. Obviously, he's been out for what two odd months, almost. I think roughly eighteen weeks. Looked a little off the pace, still had some quality. And I think there was uh, one instance down the left-hand side of the pitch where he even tried to pull a, a, fl- a cheeky little flick. You can see him still kind of catching up to the game, but even as a whole collective, this team hasn't played collectively for 19 days. I think we thought they'd be a lot slower, wouldn't be as kind of connected, maybe more disjointed. But they defended as a unit, and as slow as sometimes it was going forward and a little bit disjointed, it was just an overall impressive effort. And regardless of how we've been screwed over, you'd have to say we have to kind of hold our heads up with pride. Yeah, it's look, if we if we'd last two nil to two wonder goals tonight or two unbelievably well worked goals and you're just going, look, in fairness, that is fantastic. And th- this is, you know, this this has been the argument when we lost to Southampton, when we lost to, uh, 
to to Leeds, I suppose, especially the, the second two goals that Bamford got. Like you have to put your hands up and say, like all the goals Southampton got were fantastic. And those two last Bamford goals were fantastic. You know, you say, right, look, we were just beaten by Worldies. That's fine. It's the it's the it's the method of the defeats that that grinds you down over time. Uh I like to think I'm a positive guy. In fact, I like to think I'm probably overly positive at times. Um, but God, it grinds you down sometimes when you see this because it's 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 part of the machine that's that, that's causing an issue. It's not our players. Like they, there used to be a phrase, "Who'd want to be a ref?" Eh? You know, you'd hear that. You'd, Who'd want to be a ref because they get dogs abuse? But who'd nearly want to be a Premier League footballer at the moment? You know, that isn't in the top one of the perceived top six teams. Who'd want to be a Premier League footballer? Because like literally, how disheartening must be must that be inside in the dressing room for those two goals? Today, how much how disheartening must that be? But anyway, to answer your question, uh, Cole, very concerted effort from this team. Yeah, I thought they were. I, I thought they they gave a really, really, really good um, effervescent performance. They defend like dogs. They had to, you know, there was there was a lot in that game that they had to do. I thought the rain was a was like a, an extra fifth defender for them at times, which is grand. You know, you have to take those take the elements into account as well. Probably thought, as you mentioned, um, when uh, when Barkley Barkley did kind of huff and puff a small bit in the second half and was rightly taken off. Um, I thought McGinn was a bit off the pace today. Uh, I thought he was he got into areas and so on, and obviously the fresh air shot with his left leg. But I thought he was a bit off the pace. But you know, you'd be happy with that that performance. And as I said, there's no ill ill will to any any Aston Villa player. I I don't think any Aston Villa player played poorly. I don't subscribe to the Tyrone Mings what are you doing argument I just don't like I think they were I think the, the Villa should hold their heads up high come out of this game they played well they played they played to a, a, a certain system and look it's just the manner of the goals that are disappointing not the manner of the performance Hey there, Holtcast listeners. Cole here. Just a brief interruption, and then we'll get you back to the regularly scheduled Holtcast. I completely forgot after recording with Danny and Neil to include, of course, the listeners' thoughts. Of course, if you want to get involved and get your thoughts read out and shared with us, it's at 7500 to Holt on Twitter, of course. So I'm just going to read out probably three or four of these. And of course, like I said before, tweet us at 7500 to Holt to, uh, yeah, just interact with us. So we'll start with Trevor Rolf saying, can't believe how far this defense has come since the start of Project Reset start that being said Danny Raza has been on it with Mings all season plays great 95% of the time but then switches off for a mistake almost every game now still very positive performance and a push for Europe we'll go to Paul Wright who says outstanding performance one slip up by Mings was the difference it's these tiny moments that splits the best from the rest like McGinn not bearing the chance still but still another solid performance against the teams who I would think will win the league two big games coming up uh we'll go to quinn next who says great effort just feel var is always a conversation in our games more often would rather lose and not feel decisions are questionable var makes it just as questionable at times questionable and then we will finish it off with uh ward in the streets as he goes by on twitter he puts what a game Target immense, man of the match for me, had Sterling in his pocket. Martinez, unbelievable again. You literally have to hit top bins to beat him in open play. Um, Last point he makes, but I'm sick of these decisions since Palace last season. It's been evident that there's some kind of corruption going on. So thank you all for getting involved. Uh, To the 19 or so of you that got involved, it's always appreciated. 
honestly it means the world to us just to hear you guys enjoy this stuff and of course like i said before tweet us at 7500 to holt but without further ado let's get you back to the regularly scheduled holt cast danny i'll come back to you because i think there's one kind of I guess from a team selection standpoint, I think the one everyone kind of went to and started talking about immediately was Al Ghazi was dropped, Harry comes in. Of course, Barkley comes in, so you kind of have to make a little bit of movement here and there in order to get kind of our, well, I guess what you consider our strongest side. So what are your thoughts on Al Ghazi being dropped? Do you think it was justified? I mean, in my opinion, I thought Traore had actually a really good game, but uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, look man for man, Traore and El Ghazi, you know, Oh, you, you're deciding who goes on the right wing and it's Traore every time for me. I think Traore had a brilliant game. Um, dare I say, I think going forward is probably our best player. Maybe, okay, Grealish as well had a great, had, had a brilliant game going forward. But I, I really, whenever Traore managed to get the ball, I thought he looked dangerous and he was taking Zinchenko on. He was taking um, Cancelo on. But um, I think I think for Ghazi, you know, you got to pit it against Barkley. It's Dean Smith's obviously got a toss-up in his head. Do I want my best team, my best eleven? Or do I want the guys who are the most sharp? And at the end of the day, when there's been 18 days off, you know, there it's it's very, very difficult to kind of, you know, put that together. Two months or 18 days. Do you know what I mean? It's quite it's quite a difficult one. So I think I can understand why he's gone with Barkley there, because if it comes off, it comes off. I thought Barkley had a good game, but that sharpness wasn't there. And that's a shame. But what I will say is that when the when Villa were going forward. When Grealish was attacking the box, you could see what Villa were missing with Barkley. You could see what Villa were missing because 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 Grealish gets to have that look inside, that look into the you know the central area of the box, and he sees Barkley coming in, and Barkley can do something there in a way that maybe a lot of the other players can't. And I think that you can see you can see really from Grealish, you know what what, what Villa were missing there, um, and and I think Barkley will feature in the next game probably um, probably. He will have a better game then as well. But that's that's the only thing, really. I, c- I can see why Algarzi wasn't picked. It might be a little bit lightweight. Yeah, no, I do agree. And I, I think the thing with Barkley, too, of course, like I said before, he's been off for a while. Of course, it's just kind of been assessment after assessment. We get kind of get told, okay, it looks like he might be coming back. But it's always tough with injuries. You can feel good one, one moment, terrible the next. So you kind of have to treat it on a even a moment-by-moment moment basis, really. But I think the thing with him, and it kind of, kind of showed his lack of sharpness and of course that is because of his injury was purely based on that one break where we had Grealish on the far right hand side and I think if you had a fully inform Ross Barkley he's going to be able to beat both defenders from the left and be able to slide that across with her power once it gets to Grealish basically whatever kind of touch he takes it's going to really tell what kind of ball he's going to hit on target at Ederson but you can see with him trying to pass that ever so slightly and eloquently to kind of give him options in terms of how Grealish takes it. I think that just kind of speaks to where he is. But of course, that comes with more minutes and with more minutes, that'll hopefully come with more great moments. So we can expect more there. But guys, let's let's get on to actually, we're going to kind of go on to Newcastle here in a moment too, because we're going to wrap this all into one. And I don't really want to focus on the negatives of the penalty and of course the the offside controversy and all that because there's going to be other podcasts that probably go on about it more and I'm sure people that listen to multiple Villa podcasts probably I don't know maybe you do want to hear the same thing negatively three times but regardless anyways Daniel come back to you first who would you give your match ball to Matty Target I think I just think he had a brilliant game it's a shame because he went off after 70 minutes 
because he was having such a good game up until that point. Yeah, it's got to be him for me. I just think he dealt with the threat from Sterling so well and dealt with the threat from City so well. But you know, we lost two 0 It's a bit of a it's a bit of a rough one. Um, but yeah, I think I think Matt Target for me. I, and I think by the way, there was a myth going around for a long time that he was the weakling in the Villa team. Put that to bed right now. Very very good player. Um, fantastic game from him. Fair enough, Neil. How about you? Can't disagree with that. He was the first name that came to my mind as well. He made a couple of great blocks in the box, kept, uh, as you say, kept Sterling to, to a minimum. I suppose some people are going to say that, yes, he did allow Cancelo or Cancelo or however you pronounce it, come inside and get a few shots off. But theoretically, that's not really his job to defend that. That should be left winger. Cancelo was coming from coming from deep. Um, yeah, it definitely. I, I think it was Matty Target. Matty Target was... was was fantastic today. One little piece I think on just on the players before is, and, and I didn't mention it because I got caught up in my rant when you asked me the question about you know, <laughs> the concerted effort that they made. Was uh, COVID nineteen? Like we can't underestimate the 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 fact you mentioned that or in Gazi. Maybe he had an adverse reaction. Maybe he had more symptoms. Maybe it took him longer to get over it. Maybe he's, you know, he he had worse symptoms. We didn't see Courtney Houses on the bench tonight. You know, yeah. we'd have to, you know, wonder where where we see Trezeguet as well. We know Trezeguet had, was, was a positive case. We know there was nine or ten uh, positive first team players. So to get that level of performance out of a team that yeah. potentially could have had seven, eight positive COVID cases, that's that's immense. That's that's leadership. That's management. That's 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 getting your players to play for the team. So um, you know, that's that that's just something I think that that, that shouldn't be let. Uh, let go on unannounced because you know in certain fan bases we've gotten a bit of a kick in for um for getting quote unquote preferential treatment for having games called off and uh yeah which I think is laughable but um I think the fact that we could uh, that the team could come out and be that well prepared after three days training after three days training out of eighteen and you know having so many positive cases I think it's a testament to the strength and conditioning and to the coaching co- coaching staff as well and I I hope Dean Smith appeals that red card as well um unlikely to have any any uh to get to get off it but i hope he appeals it because he deserves his day to say what he has to say yeah absolutely and i mean uh before we even started recording danny kind of mentioned what he did say or believes what he did say of course i don't know if anyone's 100 percent confirmed it but if that no, no, is dean smith said it oh dean did smith, he act oh did yeah, he yeah, yeah, oh, okay yeah. oh, okay yeah, i think he asked i think he asked uh essentially wait I'll, I'll i'll get i'll get the exact quote for you because i've retweeted it oh, okay. um dean dean smith said um after the game I still don't understand the rule. I don't think anyone can tell me why goal why the goal has been given. I told the officials that I thought they had juggling balls for Christmas. I, I can, implying okay. that they're clowns. Yeah, I, I can I can see sarcasm there, maybe a yellow, but for a red, I mean, okay. In my mind, maybe this is just like maybe I'm sadistic, but I think you'd have to call someone a pretty bad name or say something really bad to be thrown out. But I, I guess that's a sensitivity I, of some people or the ego of some people. You could argue. What I will say is, what I will say is, because Dean Smith would have, would have, you know, he, he would have doubled down on it afterwards. Yeah. What I will say is, in defense of the referee, if you let everybody speak to the referee like that, there would be a lot of abuse. So I understand from the referee's point of view why they feel they have to punish that. Yeah, I guess. Just, just, I just, guess, to, just, I, just, to, just to I, kind I, of. I think, 
and I think that whole situation there would have been a complete and utter moot point if Dean Smith had an opportunity to challenge the decision. Referee goes, looks at VAR, and even if they want to, if he wants to be able to bring up the rule book there and then, when you're looking at VAR, I don't care how long it takes at this stage. Mm. The initial argument for VAR was it's going to kill the game, it's going to slow it down. Hell, take five minutes if you want, because some, some yeah, decisions yeah. are. Let the ref go over, a uh, uh, manager challenges it, ref goes over. I, do you know what? If you challenge it and you get it wrong, Lose a substitution. Something. It's not the ref fault, like though, that. is it? That's 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 the VAR officials. That's you know they, they is, should be pulling up on that. Exactly, and this is what it is. So so if Dean Smith challenges it, it should be an automatic case where a ref comes off, looks at it on, on the TV, and they make the decision with Stockley Park with the rules beside them, so that they don't mess it up. You know, and look, <laughs> I'd be okay with that if they still yeah. came to the decision there. But, what happens here is Dean Smith gets sent off and he's going to be banned from the t- from the touchline because it's not a second yellow, it's a straight red. So the second one was a straight red, Peter Walton said. So look, it's it's just another thing that has gone against Aston Villa tonight. And if it was as tame and as timid, and I don't particularly think it may have been. Uh, well, he didn't <laughs> look like he was completely outraged when he was talking to the ref either. He wasn't screaming and shouting at him either. You know, so um, anyway, it's just, it's, it's just that there are ways to get around this. That will help people, um, and it, it, it just maybe maybe the Premier League likes the controversy, maybe the Premier League likes the ambiguity, maybe it, it, it creates column inches for for people. There's some sort of lobbyist group. I have no idea. I'm getting right into the conspiracy theory of it, but I have zero idea as to why they don't make positive changes mid season. Yeah, I mean, anyway. see, I, I think I think I wouldn't say this is the aim of the Premier League, but someone once told me that like every piece of publicity is good no matter what it is i don't know if you can really agree to that but yeah i i think the thing with me is i'm not defending i'm not defending dean smith or the referee but i think we've seen enough press conferences of dean smith where i think we know he's a very solid guy a very good guy and seems very calm and polite i think something as egregious as that call has to like it's clear that something that outstanding has just pissed him off frankly and fair enough regardless of what he said it's it is what it is but my match ball i guess i'll go back to that um i'm gonna change it up i'm gonna actually give it to emmy martinez because he probably saved the day within the first couple minutes uh made some absolutely vital saves and to be honest in my opinion it starts from the back how comfortable and composed the defense looks I, I think part of that has to be because him, the commanding presence that he brings, the cool, calm collectness of the whole thing, just claiming simple air balls coming into the box, just taking his time to assess what's in front of him and his delivery from his kicks are very good as well. So albeit two goals conceded, neither were his fault, but I, I think it has to go to him, but let's move on to Newcastle briefly because of course we do play them on Saturday. Things are going to come thick and fast. So of course, opposition previews probably won't be happening for a little while because what's the point in doing an opposition podcast literally the next day once we hear this of course but Newcastle on Saturday Danny how you feeling about this one I mean they're basically in the dumps right now Steve Bruce is looking like he could be on his way out but I feel like that's been the thing that's been talked about for a long time that still hasn't happened Mm so do you think this is the best time to kind of capitalize and just get another three points and get back on track yeah they're on the ropes a bit they're on the ropes a bit. Look, I just want to say, I just want to say, you know, it's expectations about points and stuff. Yeah. Look, Villa, I, I just, I just don't expect anything right now because no, no, just, you know, after that city game, we played so well. 
But, you know, elite level of sport requires so much hard work, so much dedication, and for so many little things to be right. And you can't do that on three days prep. Um, hopefully, Villa are kind of in better shape or against Newcastle. Hopefully, you know, there's there's not too much fatigue. But I would expect Villa to get the points against Newcastle. I, I think I think, I think they will. Um, I think they will, just because of how much pressure Newcastle are under. Villa play with a little bit of freedom, get in there, maybe playing in Camber instead of McGinn, who's, who's obviously suspended, um, get some bite in there. And I think if the defence defend like they did against Man City today, um, yeah, look, they should they shouldn't have any trouble against what Newcastle have to offer. Yeah, I mean, if we can go forward against Man City the way we did, albeit, of course, we didn't score, you'd have to say unluckily. And I still feel so bad for uh, Jacob Ramsey. I wish he, I wish it didn't get deflected. I wish he could have buried that. That would have felt so, so good. But I, I think just the prowess going forward, the solidarity at the back, and just the overall kind of impressive game in the midfield kind of has us an advantage always. But, Neil, I'll come to you. How are you feeling about heading into this one? Go smash Newcastle. You know, I, I'm my my initial reaction is we got to come out fighting here. We got to come out and uh, literally, like if, if we play like we did today, if we play like we did against Man, Man United, we have no fear of any team. We should beat Newcastle. Um, I'm being a bit, I suppose, I'm being a bit, bit less, uh, a bit more partisan, I think, than I normally would be, uh, just because I'll be honest with you, I'm a bit angry. Uh, but I don't think we have anything to fear uh, from this Newcastle team. I think that the cl- that if the club was to announce a signing, we all know about uh, there's one person in particular that's been linked to us, might lift the club a small bit after after uh, that game. Um, we've got a six-game stretch, as I say. I, I just think we have to go and beat Newcastle. Um, and I think we will. I think we will beat Newcastle and uh, put the final nail. And it would be almost uh, poetic. Um, or uh, is it Freudian? I don't know if it's Freudian, but it would be poetic <laughs> if we were to be the ones that would put the final nail in Steve Bruce's coffin. Not that I completely dislike the man or anything like that, um, but uh, I suppose it's just the, the fact that... Uh, you know, that, that, that maybe he kind of left uncomplimentary slightly with the club. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the one thing, too, is maybe it's a positive for him. This is really kind of sadistic of me, I feel like. But at least no cabbage will be thrown at him this time because um, there's no one there. So I, I guess he has that going for him, at least. But, uh, Danny, before we wrap things up here in a couple minutes, if you were to look at Newcastle, is there any aspect of them where you say, OK, they may be able to get us here? No, no, look, 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 they've got finishers, yeah, they've got finishers. So if they, if they can, um, I, I don't know, if they can get it right, if they can, if they can lump a ball into the box, force a defensive error, um, then, then sure, I guess Callum Wilson could get on the end of it. You've also got guys like Almiron who don't mind having a run. But look, I, I just think that a Newcastle team, they're a bit slow, and I think Villa outpaced them a little bit. When I say slow, I don't mean just like you know, oh, someone's got ninety-nine pace or whatever. I mean. You know, they're, they're, they're probably not as mobile when Jeff Hendricks is starting, especially. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think Villa will probably probably outwork them and just, I think, grind out a win, hopefully. I think where Villa's going to struggle is when, when Newcastle maybe go with like two banks of four defenders, <laughs> you know, with the midfield helping them out and, and dropping back. Villa usually struggle to kind of get through that. But um, if they can grab one, Villa win. What would your score prediction be? One nil Villa, one nil. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if they're gonna sit back, it's gonna. I I can see it being something similar to the Sheffield United game for the first game of the season, where they're gonna maybe sit back a bit. And of course, there was different circumstances with the red card and all that kind of stuff. But traditionally, we 
struggled to break teams down when they really sit back. But Neil, what would your score prediction be? Uh, two nil Villa. Fair enough. Fair enough. A two nil Villa. Okay. Just run at Kieran Clark. That's what you need to do. Run at <laughs> Kieran Clark. That's what if my instruction walking, would be. If Ali Watkins plays against that back, that back four, or especially those two, uh, the two central center halves, the way he did against Man City in the first half today, he will score goals. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so, yeah, I'll go with, uh, you know what? If we're going 1 0, 2 0, I'll go 3 0. Um, why not have a little bit of fun here? Um, I just want to see a game with some goals in it for us, a little bit more positivity going into this tough stretch and yeah hopefully a a positive result on saturday but anyways guys we'll leave it there thank you so much to danny and to neil for joining me of course if you want to find danny on twitter it's at raza journo if you want to find neil on twitter it's at love mcgrath pod i got that right thank god of course if you want to find me on twitter it's at talk aston villa of course you can tweet us at 7500 to holt email the podcast holtcast at gmail.com but we'll leave it there once again Thank you all for listening. And if you'd ever be so kind, leave us a five, well, five-star well, five review, I should say, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, up the villa. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.